0: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Where we got basketball history tonight. No Kawhi Leonard, doesn't matter. Down 22 at halftime, doesn't matter. The Clippers are in the Western Conference Finals, beating the Jazz 131-119. to 119. The Jazz scored 72 points in the first half to take a 22-point lead. The Clippers scored 81 half in the second half to win this. 39 points from Terrence Mann. He did it all tonight. Nine assists, nine rebounds, nearly a triple-double, which, oh, by the way, uh, we had a big night for him. Uh, Paul George had 28. Reggie Jackson, 27. Ten assists for Reggie Jackson, two in this game. But Toom had 16. Not a lot off the bench. I mean, Patrick Beverly did hit a couple of threes, but they were late when it was already decided. This was the Clippers' starting five, really four of them doing it. Wasn't Marcus Morris he had a really off night. Only played 29 minutes, uh, seven points. The Clippers find a way. And like I said last hour, sometimes resiliency is the most important thing you can have as a team. And the Clippers have that, man. This was some kind of achievement knocking off the Jazz the way they did.
3: I tell you what, you know what the, the end game of this is? Don't win an award. <laughs> as soon as you won an award, you got swept out. Rudy Gobert, Jordan Clarkson, hey, yep. here's your hardware. Yep. Beat it yep. four straight. Nikola Jokic, here's your hardware. Guess what? You're out. Four straight. Right. Yeah, he had a good run. Hey, but he was back in the sulky, so did he really lose? He was back okay. on his beloved horse track. Yes. Yes. I'm well, then listen. Obviously, he'd rather be playing basketball for those that are going to write me going, are you kidding? He doesn't <laughs> <laughs> Sarcasm is a typical thing to play with, buddy. I, yeah. I, I'm just saying.
0: There's winning in life, and there's winning in the NBA. There's two different things.
3: Yeah, we just have all sorts of questions here about uh, Jordan Clarkson and Mm. the big goose egg for the second half and why his playing time isn't so great. Uh, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, and, uh, of course, uh, you know what we threw out there. Are they better without Kawhi? Go! Joining us now on the hotline. The eighth pick in the
0: 1987 NBA draft. Fifteen years in the league. Two stints with the Clippers. You can follow him on Twitter at OldenPolonese1. That's at OldenPolonese1. Oh, welcome in, man. Your Clippers, they did it, man. Congratulations.
4: (laughs) Yeah, they did it finally. Fifty years in the making. Oh, my goodness. It was a great game, great series. And these guys, they stepped up and played well, man. You got to give them credit.
0: So, Alden, I think the big question everybody wants to know is, you had two stints with the Clippers. Why did you fall short?
4: Well, I personally didn't fall short. I mean, I was on the team that made the playoffs for the first time in L.A. Um, but you got to remember, we are playing, you know, Stockton and Malone. <laughs> you, know, you know, some guy named Michael Jordan was around. Some guy <laughs> never name, heard of him. Toby Bryant was around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it was... <laughs> I All right, so look, I think that's why we fell short. This team
0: right here. I mean, we, I just talked about resiliency being the most important thing you can have. What What did you see in this Clippers team to get to where they are this postseason? What's the most important thing you've seen?
4: Uh, the resiliency. I think one of you guys said that, uh, but also um, they really believe and trust it in the next man up mantra. It's like it's not that they were hoping guys got hurt, but when somebody got hurt, somebody else stepped up. These guys were ready. Perfect example is Terrence Mann. I mean, you score 12 points the first four games, then you get 13 in game five and 39 tonight. I mean, that's just staying ready. Everybody did that. Morris did it for a while. He carried them. Reggie Jackson is a walking confidence you know, machine because he, he's so full of confidence. He believes in himself unlike anybody I've ever seen. And so, you know, Paul George stepped up big time even when Kawhi went down. And, you know, he had a lot to prove. So all these guys stayed ready. And I thought, you know, also you got to give Kyle Luke credit. He pulled he pulls the right buttons. He pressed the right buttons and made some great adjustments. And Utah couldn't figure it out.
3: And Pat, as soon as Patrick Beverly hit his first three-pointer, Olden, uh, Jason and I were on air, and I go, well, that's it. Now you got Pat Bev with confidence on a three-point shot. Uh, this is not your night, Utah. You're done.
4: <laughs> well, that's true to a certain extent, but he, you know, Patrick Beverly feels like he's the best player on the court. He's and a so great agitator, he he has right? He's got confidence, but when he, made, he made a shot when they were up seven, and if he misses that shot, Utah comes down and scores. We, I mean, we really have a game, so that was really a big three-pointed Patrick Beverly hit.
0: O.P., when, when you take a look at the playoffs now and you have to handicap that we have a Suns team that nobody believed in, even though they were this good. Now Chris Paul is getting his moment in the Sun. Here's a Clipper team that everybody wanted to count out. Here they're coming back from down two zip. How do you see the Western Conference Finals?
4: Well, I have to say by prefacing that when I was on with on our couple months back, I said the, the Suns would get to the Finals. So I still believe that, and because they have a solid team, you know, with Chris Paul playing the way he is, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, uh, mikel Bridges. I mean, they have a solid squad, and it's gonna be different for the Clippers playing them. Now, what the Clippers did for two games, and we need to talk about people, you know, in the in the business, is the fact that. Quinn Snyder messed this whole thing up as a coach because you saw what the Clippers did. They played a five out. And so penetration, kick out to the corner. Terrence Mann is a really good player, but there's no way on God's green earth he's supposed to score 39 points on you. And the reason why is because Gobert could not come out far enough to challenge those three-pointers. And so whoever he was on, that was really the guy that was sitting in the corner waiting for an open three-pointer. And so as a coach, you've got to make those adjustments. You've got to either go small like the Clippers did or get somebody in there that could play defense. But the Clippers are going to have a hard time with Phoenix because Monty Williams is not going to make that mistake. And also they have a, a bunch of guys that are very athletic.
3: Olden, when, when we get into this game in, in particular, right, obviously uh, a collapse, uh, great effort. Obviously we celebrate the victors, but we always have to go and dissect what all went wrong. Did Mike Conley look like he should have been logging as many minutes as he did tonight?
4: No, but that wasn't, that wasn't the problem. The problem was on defense. The problem was Gobert. You know, you're the, you're the defensive player of the year, and you can't stop anybody because you can't rotate. You don't move your feet well. Derek Favors moves his feet better on the outside than Rudy Gobert. And so, to me, I would have had him in there more, or I would have went with a smaller lineup, guys that can move their feet or challenge shots. I'd rather you score two than three. But I'm not going to give you both. I'm not going to give you layups and three-pointers. And also, another mistake Utah made was the fact that you up 25 points, 26, whatever it was, Why are you still jacking up long threes? And that's where that crappy analytics stuff come into play. You know, because it's like people forget how to play basketball. You know, don't play dumb basketball when you're up 25. You know, you got to figure out a way to play smart basketball.
0: Wait, I'm just getting this breaking news in right now. Olden Polinies has been named head coach of the Utah Jazz. Congratulations, <laughs> Olden. You got your work cut off for you. Well, this, I think, this But season. look, you,
3: you, got, you got into the coaching, Olden. It was something that uh, Jason asked rhetorically as this game came to an end. Uh, if it's the predecessor in the, uh, in the box for the Clippers, do they, do they have a chance in the series? Would they have come back? And would uh, Doc Rivers have been able to make the adjustments that Ty Lue did?
4: Well, you're saying if Doc Rivers had been the coach? Yeah, this was Correct. Doc instead of Ty Lue. Oh, they would have lost three games ago. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the difference. You know, Ty Lue as an assistant can't pull triggers on a lot of things, but as a head coach, he can't. You know, and so you saw that difference. And so to me – you know it's as simple as that to be able to trust your guys and say hey this is what we're going to do and he trusted all those guys and then those guys trusted in each other it's a, it's it's not that hard it's not rocket science i don't know why we always make this thing harder than it should be <laughs>
0: Because I can't do series. it.
3: Three games
4: Well, it would have been over after theory. three.
3: They would have thrown the damn towel. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been Duke sitting there yelling. Uh,
0: oh. uh, Olden Polonies with us, 15 years in the NBA, uh, Fox Sports Radio, NBA analyst with us as we break down the Clippers going to the NBA uh, Western Conference Finals for the first time in 50 years. And, you know, O.P., when, when, when I look at the Clippers and for so long, they they have been the second team in this. City. And really, they're always going to be the second team because the Lakers are the Lakers. Getting Kawhi Leonard to show up was a big deal because it showed, hey, we can get big stars to come and want to buy in here. Did, has this bought the Clippers, like, legitimacy until further notice? Hey, we're in the Western Conference Finals now and, and, and all the stories of us. Hey, we can succeed and keep this going for a long period of time.
4: Listen, the Clippers are going to do what they're going to do, just like every other team. And negativity is going to come because negativity is going to come. Clippers can win, you know, championship this year, next year, and the year after, and they'll still be second place to the Lakers. They can win 15, and they'll still end up being second. It's just going to be the narrative that people want to spew. So at the end of the day, what the Clippers are doing and what they need to continue doing is what we've just seen. Play your game. Mind your own business, do your own thing. It doesn't matter what other people say. Like Kawhi said at best. I didn't know what was going on because I don't pay attention to social media. And so to me, that's how the I think the whole team has been processing everything is that like they're not listening to people. You know, they're not listening to the outside noise. And so that's how it's gotta be. You know, just do the best that you can do. And right now you're in the Western Conference Finals. Anything can happen. I mean, they have just as much a chance of beating Phoenix as Phoenix has of beating them. So it's a toss-up for me between these two teams. If Kawhi plays, I'm going to give the advantage to the Clippers. If he doesn't play, then um, Phoenix has the advantage.
0: No, you got to stick with the Suns. The Suns were your pick. I picked the Clippers to go to the finals before the playoffs started. We got to st- stay where you with the, who you picked. I'll stay with who I picked, and we will see how it turns out. You got to stay there for a little bit.
4: Oh, I always stay with my picks. Now you got to stick. You gotta I, stick with I don't, don't haggle and you know, all that stuff. I, <laughs> I I pick them. I'm I'm writing it out. That's how I do it. That's
3: it. He made the pick, and he's staying with it. All right, o- olden. We got two game sevens. Uh, we saw the Sixers who. You couldn't have blamed them or wouldn't have uh, been surprised if they'd given a subpar effort. But they get the win uh, tonight, uh, Game 7 of that g- series to come. And then, obviously, we got Bucks nets uh, You want to give us a quick preview and winners of who's advancing out of those?
4: Well, the quick preview is going to be the guy we just mentioned, the aforementioned Doc Rivers. Which, you know, is he going to, like, sit back, you know, with his hand on top of his head or up in the air when – you know, Atlanta's making runs against his team, or is he going to coach and do what he needs to do? And so it's going to come down to that. It's not going to come down to X's and O's. It's going to come down to how he handles the situation, the motivation, uh, making the right calls, because both teams, I mean, you know, Atlanta didn't play well tonight, and they still, you know, had a shot, because Philadelphia kept trying to give the game to them, (laughs) you know, because right. they're up, and they're still jacking up three-pointers off one leg like Joel Embiid was doing. Um, ben Simmons still can't make a free throw to save his life. And so, to me, those are things Doc Rivers is going to have to figure out because in a game seven, you know, you got to throw everything, including the kitchen sink. So, I'm going on a limb right now. I say Atlanta wins game seven.
0: You can follow him on Twitter at oldenpolynese one That's at oldenpolynese one Olden, as always, buddy, appreciate your time with us. We will talk to you next week, my friend. Thanks so much.
4: All right. Thank you, guys. See you, buddy. Oh,
0: my God. Awesome stuff. fire. Oh, they would have th- lost
3: three games <laughs> ago. Lost three games. Well,
0: I did tell you he was not going to win this game. The answer is no. Clearly, the answer is no. Well,
3: uh, yeah, but, but I, I thought I'd throw it up as a more general piece. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. And, it was, and, I, it was and great. He, he spiked it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I want to answer your – you know, a few minutes ago we talked about different things with the Jazz right now because here are the Jazz blowing this series. And, and you mentioned, you know, Mike Conley playing all these minutes. And it's like why when he's coming back and clearly, you know, Mike Conley wasn't himself. You weren't getting anything from anybody else tonight. I mean, no, you kind of I... needed – you kind of needed something. So it's like I think he only played because who else? I mean, Rudy Gobert had a horrible game, right? Awful. You
3: know, He is, he is being Mitchell, assailed. Uh, yeah. in, in the social media sphere of all the blue check marks and basketball analysts, fans, well, and, and you and I here.
0: Yeah, well, look, and, and, and look, Donovan Mitchell, you know, look, 39-9-9, he had a phenomenal game. Clarkson was great in the first half, but nothing in the second half, right? Ingles only gave yeah. you 18 minutes, gave you five points. Nobody else was doing anything, so he kind of had to play. You had to play another guard sometime because you're, you're not getting any offense. So it's like, okay, if nobody else is working, let's see if maybe you can do it. Look, he's a veteran, he's been in the league a long time, but been a really good player. Let's see if maybe he gets some kind of legs under him after a bit, and it just didn't happen. You know, I mean, it, it's a it's a tough thing. And, and you know, when, when you when you get to Rudy Gobert, the other guy you mentioned is that it's not that Gobert needs to be doing more things offensively because, look, he's a 14 and 13 guy, right? It's not that Rudy Gobert says, oh, he went from 27 and 13. No, he's a 14 and 13 guy. But defensively, he's got to be able to alter the game a bit. You know, Olden talked about not having the right rotations if you're Quinn Snyder, what's going on. You have to put, when you have a player like that, you have to put him in a position where he can help alter the game, and he didn't, I mean. Eighty-one points in the second half of the Clippers. Eighty-one points in this game. You got the Defensive Player of the Year there in the in the middle. I mean that that really is just something that that's baffling. That's more baffling to me than Mike Conley playing all those minutes because you know they were just looking for some kind of spark. But yeah, the Gobert thing is is a bigger deal to me than Conley.
3: Well, Gobert a huge thing, and I'd like an explanation of exactly what happened with Jordan Clarkson.
2: Mm. Oh. I mean,
3: obviously, defensive efforts. We talk about Pat Bev, and I jokingly talked about the offense, but defensively, he's a menace. We know this. All right, we've watched this for years. You want to talk about a guy who's an antagonist? You got some of the greats that we often mention when Gascon is is around talking about uh, defensores in the National Hockey League. Uh, he, Pat Beverly is one of the great ones here. I mean, how many times did you see him kind of getting in guys' ears? Not quite to where you're getting them to lose their their mind in the moment with fisticuffs but you could just see the body language shift i don't know what kind of trash he's talking but bodying up and playing through the reverberation of whistles like you're an nfl player that's kind of how he goes and then when you get some offense on top of it you, you're the big winner 27 minutes tonight so mm. uh yeah all credit Lu and, and this this squad uh next challenge is ready
0: Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike gets Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Coming up next, we are still buzzing off the end of this game. Uh, I'll tell you why the Clippers are going to go to the NBA Finals, not just because I picked them. I'll tell you what they're going to do in the West Finals against Chris Paul and the Suns. Plus, maybe one NBA analyst was right what he said about a certain star player. That's next right
2: here. Fox.
1: Terms and conditions apply. Fox
0: Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Yo. The Clippers are in the Western Conference Finals. They will take on the Suns. Something that saying this on June 18th, if I had said this in January, you would have said, what are you, nuts? Uh, Joining Mike and I now on the hotline, our insider. From Vegas, former odds maker at Caesars. You can see him Monday through Friday. The lead actor on Fox Bet Live on Fox Sports 1, Todd Furman. Todd, what's happening, buddy?
6: Not a whole heck of a lot tonight. How are you boys faring? It's
0: not a lot. You did the big Clippers party at your place isn't, isn't off the hook right now?
6: Yeah, I could care less about the Clippers advancing to the Western Conference Finals, <laughs> but uh, I'll <laughs> give their fan base credit for accomplishing something we didn't know was possible, especially without their superstar. But to be honest, when I wake up tomorrow morning, my life won't be a whole heck of a lot different.
0: Wow. See, when you say that at the end there, you say, boy, you lost a lot of money on the Clippers because, you, you know, you bet them to lose the series. But uh, you, just, you just really just nonplussed by the whole thing.
6: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I am surprised a little bit by the Clippers' resilience. I mean, when you face a 25-point deficit and are able to rally, led by Terrence Mann's career high, and that deserves a ton of credit. I think Quinn Snyder, along with the rest of the Jazz, have to do some soul-searching. He thought things could be a little bit better with Mike Connolly back in the fold. But the reality of it is the Jazz lost this as much as the Clippers went out there and took it from them. Let's see how they handle prosperity when Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals roll around, and we'll see what the Suns look like with or without Chris Paul early on.
3: Hey, Todd, what kind of live betting odds do you get when your team's down 25?
6: You know, 20-1 to one was the highest number I saw available uh, on the clips in this spot. It wasn't quite what the Atlanta Hawks got to before they erased their massive deficit against the 76ers. You could have had them at 25-1, to one, but there was no doubt a handful of folks out there, whether it was blind loyalty or handicapping angle, that felt they were going to plunk down a few bucks and try and put up a little bit to make a lot. It, it seems these 25-point comebacks that used to be a thing that happened once every 10 years or so have happened much more frequently over the last 96 hours. Uh, I'm not sure this is going to be the norm, uh, but it's definitely created some unique storylines as we talk about second-half collapses.
0: You know, I want to remember who wrote this in my timeline, but I wanted to bring this up to you, is that uh, somebody wrote, said, you know what, is it worth it when a team gets down 20 in an NBA playoff game for me to just, if I put money on it, am I going to come out ahead at some point because of the odds I'm
6: going to get a team down 20? You never, you know, we, we've seen this now a couple of times, teams coming back to win? No, you'd still be down money if you did this blindly. I mean, 20-1 to 1 for something that had happened six times in more than 600 occurrences. Uh, recency bias is always the case. If you trust the numbers long-term, it's a losing proposition. Of course, uh, it's, you have to put up an awful lot of money to make a few bucks, uh, but I wouldn't say this is a strategy any more than betting the first score of the Super Bowl will be a safety uh, as a long way to try and bolster your 401k. <laughs>
3: Hey, got to plan the work, work the plan, and roll the dice. Okay, we got two game sevens. Uh, One you like more than the other. Uh, Does Doc Rivers play into your analysis?
6: Uh, I think the uh, Milwaukee Bucks series is a lot more fascinating because when we had watched the first two games of that series, albeit with a relatively healthy Brooklyn Nets team, uh, James Harden, of course, notwithstanding, we thought that this series was going to be over in four games, five games max. And to the cr- credit of the Bucks, the team that's been much maligned for their playoff shortcomings, they've been able to get through that. And if it wasn't for the Herculean efforts of Kevin Durant, <clears throat> Excuse me. In Game Five, uh, we'd have been talking about the Bucks closing this series out in six instead of even forcing Game Seven. You mentioned Doc Rivers, and you do wonder uh, if the 76ers gain a little bit of confidence. Uh, they withstood Atlanta's best shot today and were able to uh, come out of this game unscathed. But we know Doc Rivers. We know the 76ers aren't afraid to blow a big lead themselves. I don't think it's just a formality that they win that game going away as six and a half point favorites.
0: All right, so Todd, if, if uh, you could get a, uh, a, a crystal ball out here for the next three things I'm going to ask you. Clippers, Suns, who wins? And then in the Eastern Conference Finals, the matchup is going to be what?
6: Uh, I think if Chris Paul is back, uh, I'll take the Suns. Uh, I think this is a Clippers team who's really going to feel the absence of Kawhi Leonard and while we talk about the Clippers as a franchise making history, getting to the Western Conference Finals, I think this is the year that Chris Paul and company get over the hump and he would love to exact a measure of revenge. So I'll take the Suns in that series of course with the caveat that we see Chris Paul even if he does miss game one. And as far as the Eastern Conference, uh, I'll take the Milwaukee Bucks to go on the road and win game seven and spoil the party for the big three and I think you do see the 76 even with Atlanta's best shot, uh, just re- uh, emerge victorious with a little bit of pedigree. Uh, Joel Embiid will control the middle. So we're talking about a buck 76ers, uh, Eastern Conference Finals, and I think the Suns knock off the Clippers in the Western Conference.
3: Todd, let me jump over to baseball, if I can, for a moment. <coughs> Spider Tech uh, and all the analysis and the rules and everybody uh, hand-wringing. Uh, no pun intended, uh, has begun. Have we seen any shift in day to day odds and what we're going in terms of pitcher pricing?
6: Uh, you have seen some of the totals get bet up, but there's a combination of factors there. It's not just the lack of, of a sticky, gripping substance for some of the higher profile pitchers out there. As the weather gets warmer, even these mush balls will tend to carry a little bit further. So you have seen some of these numbers get bet up, even if they don't ultimately become winners. You know, nine and a halfs are going to tens. Eight and a halves are going to 9s, and you have to try and modify your handicap accordingly. You've seen some money come in against a couple of these pitchers, but I think after multiple starts, you're going to see the Garrett Coles of the world and the others that came under scrutiny figure out what needs to be done to adjust to life without sticky tack or any of the other substances that they've used to try and give themselves the grip that will raise up their uh spin rate and, and everything else that we go along with it the one thing we see for betting markets all the time guys you may be able to get over on odds makers once or twice but ultimately the efficiency in the market will catch up and the prices will bear that out
0: all right todd i have my last thing for i want to parlay i want you mm-hmm. to oh, give no. me the odds on this you ready um I'm, I'm ready fire away hart i want the odds on the mets to win the nl east and jacob de grom is the cy young award winner and he's the nl mvp
6: well, I think it's getting closer by the day. I mean, when you look at that Mets offense, uh, I think the, they should be smarter and try and get Jacob DeGrom out there in some capacity, much like Shohei Ohtani sure. uh, does does for the Angels to bolster their productivity. But the Cy Young, uh, the only thing holding him back from winning that award is injury. I mean, Kevin Gossman has been outstanding, but Jacob DeGrom is doing things we've never seen in a historical baseball context. So you can give him the Cy Young now. MVP odds uh, continue to shrink by the day. I think it'll be interesting to see if we can get a pitcher to win that. And as far as the Mets winning the division, I think those two will go hand in hand. So if you're looking to try and hit that trifecta of sorts, uh, I'd have to offer you a price of eight to one. lowball you a little bit, because I know Mets fans lead with their uh, orange and blue blinders.
3: <laughs> hey, Todd, I'm, I'm going to give Jason some credit there, because I really thought there was going to be a fourth component to that parlay.
6: Yeah, I mean, Ready? all of these, honestly, Harmon, all of this Friday <laughs> nights we've been doing this, this might be the most realistic parlay. Uh, that Smith has laid out for us, that could actually happen yeah. in a positive manner for a team he lives and dies for. Yeah, I really thought he
3: was going to add the Knicks angle of what happens now that Kawhi's been shown to, to be, uh, well, non-essential, that he opts out and becomes a Nick. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, that he becomes an expendable component of the Clippers' plans moving forward that it's Correct. building around <laughs> Paul George and Terrence Mann. That's right. I don't know if that's going to fit in, but, hey, we've seen weirder things in the past, so uh, I never rule anything out.
0: Can I tell you guys, like, I tweeted out, we talked about, we joked around that, hey, obviously they don't need Kawhi. He should opt out and go to the Knicks, right? So I tweeted that out just straight. And you, can, I can't tell you how people in my timeline are going, what are you, stupid? What are you nuts? I'm like, oh, my God, really? I said, they don't need Kawhi anymore. He should opt out and go to the Knicks. And everybody's like, who is this guy? What the hell is he talking about?
6: Hey, as people at our network can tell you, Smith, it always pays to stay relevant, even if you say things you don't truly believe in. Oh,
0: boy. He's on t- Well, no, he should opt out and go to the Knicks. I mean, that's 100%. It's not going to happen,
6: but, I mean, he should.
3: No, no, no. You, you're just swallowing up the great line he just. <laughs> it,
6: i mean it, it's not a lie if you believe it you know channel your inner george Costanza, and things will work out well for you in terms of your nick fandom
0: uh all right well l- lastly hey todd i i you know we've been covering everything it's a serious question here for a second i've been covering everything tonight you know <laughs> big, big night in the nba playoffs i missed what happened what happened in hockey tonight what happened with the, the, the canadians lost right they were losing in
6: the final minute and then they went on to lose right Uh, an inexplicable puck handling error from uh, one of the better goalies of our generation from Marc-Andre Fleury. And then somehow, unbeknownst to me, the Vegas Golden Knights give up a two on zero in overtime, and you have to give the Canadians credit. I mean, this is a team that had battled back from that three one series deficit against the Maple Leafs and almost appeared to be living a charm existence, even without their head coach that tested positive for COVID. So we'll see exactly what Game Four brings on Sunday night. But you have a lot of anxious Vegas Golden Knights fans thinking this was going to be a walkover. Tried to warn people that Montreal wasn't going to go down without a fight, and I think Vegas knows the series is going six at minimum and seven if they're going to come away victorious.
0: He's on Twitter, at Todd Furman, that is at Todd Furman, the lead actor on Fox Sports 1's Fox Bet Live Monday through Friday. Todd, as always, buddy, appreciate your time, my friend. We'll talk to you next week as DeGrom
6: inches closer to the MVP. (laughs) Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Look forward to it.
0: You're the best. Be well, buddy. There goes Todd Ferman. No, and clearly, look, that was as awful a goal as you could possibly see. Yeah. Just for a second, Mark Andre Fleury, one of the best goalies of the past decade plus in the NHL, an inexplicable turnover behind his net, and the Canadians put a puck in an empty net. They go on to win in overtime. That's one of those losses where uh, if I'm if I'm a Vegas fan, I do I I don't sleep for like a day and a half. I'm like, what. Just happened. What just
3: happened? That was so incredibly awful. Well, that's just uh, it, right? It, it's oof. it's a game of inches, and man. sometimes concentration laps for just a second costs you everything. What did it cost you? <laughs> and I
0: am Montreal. Twitter at HowAboutA Fresca. Mike gets swollen dome. The Jason Smith with Mike Harmon. Thanks as always. A huge night from Steve De the Terrence man of the show this a <laughs> oh, Huge
3: effort, absolutely. He was but unstoppable.
0: Coming up next: Suns or Clippers? Who's going to the NBA Finals? We'll tell you. This is Fox Sports Radio.
4: It's not Blake's fault. It's not Blake's fault. It's not on Blake. It's on all of us. Be
2: sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
1: If you dare. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Yeah, buddy. And uh, before we pick the Western Conference Finals, uh, Ty Lue, Clippers head coach, you had a phenomenal series. I mean, being able to adjust on the fly and win without Kawhi Leonard is amazing. And
3: when when he's got a chance to put the dagger in on a series, he does, right? As Justin Frostberg sent us the note, hey, 12-1 Twelve and one. In case you missed it, uh, when his team has a chance to clinch a series, so you know you want a you want a closing maneuver. If you're a WWE superstar, you talk to Ty Lue.
0: Yeah, you're glad you don't have Doc Rivers trying to coach this game. I know no, we were uh, down twenty two. Hey, I
3: told him all quit. Just quit. Just it's over. Just quit. Didn't I, work. I still think that was the best answer we've ever gotten <laughs> from a guest, and we've had some doozies. Right, yeah. Furman was fantastic, Glazer and Lock and Four. Everybody's got great lines, but Olden is essentially saying the Clippers would have lost this series three games ago. You know, after Game Three <laughs> 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 was all you needed to know. It <laughs> It was out in
0: three. Uh, now Ty Lu, who has said, "Look, phenomenal series he had. Phenomenal series." Uh, said a couple minutes ago. I know the Lakers are out, and there's a lot of Laker fans here, but once the Lakers are gone, if we're not playing the Lakers, you should be cheering for the Clippers because it's all in one city. Now, he's done phenomenal things. Getting Lakers fans to root for the Clippers isn't happening, okay? He pulls that off. uh, It's not happening.
3: Make him mayor, governor, and... uh let him balance budgets. Let's, Let's go. <laughs> when
0: the when the Jets are out, do you think I root for the Giants to win? Well, it's New York. No, I don't want the Giants to win. It's the last. You think if the when the Mets are out of the playoffs, which is every year, I root for the Yankees to win? Well, it's New York City. No, I don't want the Yankees. They're the team I want to win the
2: least. It's not
0: a team I'm pulling for. My uh, The rival <laughs> in the same city, there's no way I'm pulling for them.
3: It's not happening. Yeah, it's it's like I always say, right? Growing up in Chicago, (laughs) if anybody out in the rest of the world, this for everybody listening, wherever you may be, I appreciate you. Uh, We obviously love you here as part of our extended family. Anybody ever says they're from Chicago, you can ask them, you know, hey, who's your, you know, which baseball team? And if they say both, well, they're not from Chicago. Mm-hmm. or they're a salesperson, or they're in politics, yeah. or they really have no idea what the hell they're talking about. Right. Because <laughs> uh, no White Sox fan is ever rooting for the Cubs in a- any scenario.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And by Twitter, it ha- Twitter it out about a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. All right, so now looking ahead now, here it is, the Suns and the Clippers. Now, there's a bunch of reasons why I like the Clippers to go to the NBA Finals. Number one is... I picked them to go to the finals before the yeah, playoff yeah, started because yeah. I said they had figured things out. Now, clearly, here comes Kawhi Leonard, and he's out, and likely he's not going to play. But I like them for a couple of reasons. I talked about Ty Lu adapting on the fly. You've already seen his imprint on the Clippers this playoff, right? I talked about their resiliency, and teams have it. When teams have it, they, you, it doesn't leave you. Who was supposed to win the first-round series? Not the Clippers. Who won? The Clippers. Who was supposed to win this series? Not the Clippers. Who won? the Clippers? Who won despite losing their best player, probably the best player in the playoffs? The Clippers. Well, they were originally supposed to
3: win that first series, and they gacked away the first two games. Well, they gacked away the first
0: two games, but they're resilient, and they come back and they find a way to make it happen as Olden Polonies talked about, that next man up mentality, but the resiliency we talked about over an hour ago, that's the hallmark of this Clippers team. And then when you throw in the fact that they have a little bit more experience in big games than the Suns, look, the Suns now, it's been a great ride, but now here's a big spotlight on them in the conference finals. That's a pretty big deal. Clippers have all played in biggish kind of games before, never as a team in the conference finals, but they've played in, in the playoffs and had this. So that's going to be a bit of an advantage. And clearly CP 3s TBA status is a huge thing. If he doesn't play in game one, or let's say he doesn't play the first two games, Clippers win those first two The series is over. All right, His status is a huge deal, and who knows, not being able to practice, not coming back, already been dinged up in the playoffs. What kind of Chris Paul are we going to get if he even plays in game one? Those are a lot of things that are a big deal for me. That's why Clippers are going to win, and we're going to be talking about the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard in the NBA Finals.
3: I was on board the Suns, right, coming out of the bubble. They're 8-0, excited to see what this team was going to become, especially after the addition of Chris Paul. Uh, But, uh, hey, man. I'll jump on board the hip to clip. I had him playing and losing to the Nuggets in this round, so I was wrong already anyway. Uh, So why not double down? Uh, I like what Ty did in this series. And if Terrence Mann is going to get some some opportunities, we've got good things there, Reggie Jackson. and, And, of course, the agitators of Beverly and Rondo are still wild cards. Yeah, they could cause chaos. Give me the clips.
0: Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Carmen. Now you and I, neither of us can go to Phoenix again. Can't go there again. Can't go. Can't it's, go. Well, you had a good run. Uh, coming up next, Jonas Knox, you're listening to Fox. I picked the Clippers. Remember to go.
4: How about this?